BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 Plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Hey, I'm Christina Wallace. And I'm Kate Scott Campbell. And you're listening to The Limit Does Not Exist. A podcast for human Venn diagrams. Coming at you every single Monday. And hosted by us. Hey, Christina, can you remember what you were doing, let's say, last Tuesday? Um, I mean, not really. Me neither. But unlike you and me, Christina, Caesar Kuriyama can remember what he was doing every day for the last six years. Uh, that's right, because of a little thing we call technology, paired with one simple idea to record one second each day since his 30th birthday. Caesar found this practice so beneficial that he gave a TED talk about it. And after that talk went viral, he decided to build an app called One Second Every Day so that he could help everyone record, you guessed it, one second. Every day. You'll hear how this math and science nerd who was born in Peru, grew up in New Jersey, and ended up at art school decided to leave a career in advertising and take a self defined sabbatical that changed the course of his life. Caesar tells us about the power of memory triggers, why creative human person is his title of choice, and how it all pretty much traces back to Doogie Hauser, MD. I mean, doesn't everything trace back to Doogie Hauser in the end? I mean, now that I think about it. <laughs> 
I mean, formative. <laughs> That's the word. <laughs> Let's jump in, shall we? Let's do it. Hey, Christina. Hey, Kate. Hi, Caesar. Hello. How are you? I'm excellent. It's been a it's been a it's been a productive day. Oh. You were hanging out at the Tribeca Film Festival today, yeah? I was. I am a little bit of a VR immersive uh, nerd, and uh, I was there hanging out with some friends and checking out some stuff. Ooh, nice. you are in good company on our show. You really are. Mm-hmm. Well, Caesar, we are so excited to have you on the show. You have created the One Second Every Day app. It's also a company. And we're so fascinated not only by this project, but your journey there and, you know, all of the other things that you do and are interested in. Um, So we thought it might be fun to just kind of start at the very beginning because you wrote this medium piece that you put out last year and it really kind of traced everything back to Doogie Howser MD, which is a show that I loved (laughs) when I was obsessed with. I had such a crush on him. Oh my God. Oh, did you really? Christina, that's interesting. Yeah. You all know it all. Of course I did. I, I had a, I had a platonic love for Doogie, but, um, <laughs> but you know, there's like so many things for me that connect about that show, but what was it about, about the show that you really enjoyed that, that seems to, you know, have resurfaced in your life? When I was writing that medium piece, I was trying to trace back, like, what is the earliest, earliest, earliest thing that led to this, you know? And <laughs> it definitely started out with, in every episode of Dookie Hauser MD ended with him writing a diary entry into his computer. And this is like early 90s. And so I, you know, it took a lot of begging and pleading my parents for them to eventually be able to afford to buy me my first computer. But before I had a computer... I tried to keep a a written diary of my life, even back then, because of that show. Because it just seemed like, oh, man, like, every day is the most amazing day ever. And so many things happen. (laughs) So clearly, I should start documenting this. Um, (laughs) But obviously, you know, I'm like 11 or whatever I am. And, you know, I I would do it for two or three days and I I would stop doing it. But over and over and over throughout my life, I just that kind of kept creeping up, which is this like desire to have been chronicling and I hadn't been, you know, I was just always frustrated with my ability to remember certain things from the past. Um, so I was like, damn, if I would have just kept going with that, with that habit that Dookie Hauser was doing, I, I would have it all logged. Um, but <laughs> that's, uh, that's the piece of the Dookie Hauser puzzle that kind of, a lot of things came, you know, after that, but I think that's where it started. Do you still have those journals from when you were 11, those diaries? So I am a memory hoarder. Um, (laughs) Okay, tell me more. Anything that's really, that doesn't take up a lot of space and has some sort of meaning to me. I have a lot of ongoing projects. So one of them is I have all my movie ticket stubs. The earliest one, I think, is Dick Tracy in 1989. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Wait, you I've, seriously have all of your movie ticket stubs? Yes, and, and there's definitely like there's some I've definitely lost over the years, but I have okay. definitely like ninety-five percent of them. Like when I was in like high school or something, my mom like thought it was garbage and she grabbed a bunch of them and threw them out and I was like, No, <laughs> uh, 
so, wait, do you have these organized like in plastic folders and like a binder or do you just <laughs> throw them all in a trunk somewhere and just like pick a random one out and and have a, a little reminiscence in my adult life i just have a box that i always throw any ticket into so any ticket whatsoever which is literally still all fits in one box um, wow so, oh my gosh but before that box, there's essentially a bunch of stuff in my room where I grew up in, in, in Jersey that has the old, 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 old stuff. I haven't seen it in a very long time. I'm, I'm pretty sure I know where it is. But it, like if and when I'm ready to like actually look at the stuff, like it'll take some work to like dig it out. Wow. So let's talk about that time in, in New Jersey. You were born in Peru, but you grew up in New Jersey, in, I think in your words, as a math and science nerd. Were your parents in math and science, or were those just subjects that you naturally gravitated to in middle school and high school? The short version is that I naturally gravitated to them, but the, the little bit more concrete answer is uh, I was born in Peru. I grew up there till I was eight. And my mom and dad were basically like, hey, we're going to Disney World. And I was like, yay, the best thing ever. And then they were like, pack your bags. I was like, all right. And I packed my bags and I landed in Newark, New Jersey. And they were like, ah, yeah, we were like lying. Uh, we just- <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, oh, yeah, they, my gosh. They knew, they knew me well enough at that point to know that I would have freaked out if we were like moving from all my friends and family and everything. Um, wow. And... I didn't speak English, and I was uh, now in America. So, and in Peru, like, especially math, I guess, like, I was very far along compared to, like, where kids were here. Really? Um, so I was in third grade in Peru, and when I got here, I was put in first grade. And, you know, I basically went from, like, long division back to, like, one plus one. And I was like, Ooh. oh, my God, this is so easy. Yay. And so <laughs> I don't know if me just kind of being ahead of everybody else – like had anything to do with it but math was just super easy to me like for you know up until like I was basically a senior in high school did things start getting like a little bit like oh this is getting complicated I don't know <laughs> like, a little bit more theoretical and I remember it uh, mm -hmm. being super logical and everything just made sense um so yeah it may have been just my head start but it was always just really easy to me uh compared to everything else everything else is super hard you know, I had to learn to speak English. I had to start writing right. essays and stuff. And mm -hmm. it was writing was never my medium, which is also mm -hmm. why I had a tough time keeping a written diary. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's really interesting. Because, you know, I consider myself a writer, and yet I also have trouble keeping written diaries, which is <laughs> one of the many reasons why I'm so into One Second Every Day. Okay, so this is so interesting, Caesar. So you ended up studying computer graphics at the Pratt Institute in New York. That's right. That's a really interesting choice just as an outsider to think about being at this, you know, art institute, studying computer graphics. What kind of led you there? What, what were the choices that you made to decide to study there? So basically the, the timeline there is, like, like I said, I was always just a, like a computer nerd. I got, for, once I got my first computer, I just you know, I was the one, you know, I was, you know, breaking it apart, learning how to put it back together. Like, and I was mm -hmm. learning uh, how to type quickly. I was just like, I want to like, I want to type fast, like Doogie or whatever. <laughs> um, and so through high school, I thought I was going to be like an architect because mm -hmm. my brother, my mm -hmm. older brother went to Pratt and was an architect. Oh my gosh. And he uh, was always, everything he was doing was always like of interest to me just because like he was around me, you know, he's like, mm -hmm. I'm like 10, I'm 10 years younger than him. So 
Oh, uh, wow. Since I was eight, and he was basically, so, like, when he was 18, he was already in college, and I was eight, and this is mm. in Peru. He mm-hmm. was building all these, like, model, like, like miniature buildings for homework, mm-hmm. and huh. I'm like, this is amazing! Like, I could use for a like, make these, like, tiny buildings. I was, like, obsessed. Um, wow. So in high school, I took in uh, a computer drafting class, and there was this one big computer that was for the teacher. That one computer had a piece of software called 3D Studio Max, which is what was used to generate all the visual effects for mm-hmm. Terminator, for Jurassic Park, you know, for all those all those movies that, you know, like, made special effects what they are today. And I was obsessed with watching Movie Magic on, like, the Discovery Channel. And I could see them using this program. So I was like, I got to learn how to use this program. So I asked my teacher, like, hey, if I finish the work early, can I jump on your computer and just play around with this supercomputer that you have uh, with this amazing, like, program? And he's like, sure. And that slowly turned into just sitting. Like, I would just sit right at his desk as soon as I walked into class every day. (laughs) Play around with this. And there there was basically, like, a library of books that was all mumbo jumbo. And I was just like, I'll just click around and just reverse engineer how to do everything, you know? (laughs) Um, So that led to me starting to make uh, these little animated shorts. And so this is like 1996. So it was super, super early in computer animation. Mm. Um, And to me, it was an art. To me, it was computer science stuff, you know? Mm. Like I was uh, taking my first programming class. I was like, like I was fixing everybody's computers at home. Like I was still just like a, like a giant math computer nerd. But I spent those four years in high school making animated shorts. I competed in this um, national competition, and I represented New Jersey by default because I was the only student in New Jersey who was doing computer animation. So I just by <laughs> default got to go to the national competition, and oh then I gosh. won the national competition. Oh, my um, gosh. And I'm like, I'm going to do this for a living. Um, <laughs> and so it turned out, because, again, it's super early, there were only five schools in the entire country that had a major in computer graphics. And one of them was Pratt. And my brother went to Pratt. And it, it kind of made sense. And I ended up in art school, even though I've like taken one art class in my entire life. And I was <laughs> going to one of the top art schools where every single student in the class is the kid who was the best artist in their high school. Um, <laughs> and I'm there like, I don't know how to do art. And so the next four years of my life were extraordinarily painful and difficult. But it was, it was great. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. 
Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Thursday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected, or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moon roof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. So what did you think you were going to pursue after graduation when you were going to study computer graphics? Did you think you'd go off to do like animation and, you know, Pixar? Or did you have a sense of of what that path might look like? Oh, I'm going to I'm going to be honest and give you the real answer, even though it's very embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> We'd love those. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I wear my nerd on my sleeve. Yeah. So I by far need, wanted to work on Star Wars movies since I was like a kid, you know, so yes. I, was, I was still in Peru, you know, when I was six and seven, yeah. my brother and my cousins were all obsessed with Star Wars because they actually saw it in theaters. They're 10 years older than me. Oh, and yeah. all my, all the hand-me-down toys that they outgrew were Star Wars toys. So I grew up playing with their old Star Wars toys uh-huh. I saw the movies over and over and over and over and over again. I was just obsessed with Star Wars. And so this is, again, I'm in high school. Like episode one, the prequel, the first prequel with Jar Jar Binks had not come out yet. To me, it was still just this perfect, untouched, perfect thing. And I was like, that's what I'm going to do with my life, which is also. So I thought I'm going to work in visual effects on the next Star Wars, uh, on, on, on a Star Wars movie. And by then they had announced they were making three new ones. And I did the math and I crunched the numbers and I'm like, maybe I can get to work on the third and final episode three after school. And so all my decisions at that point were based around like working on Star Wars movies. So there's this newspaper clip from when I won that national uh, championship uh, uh, in high school uh, for computer animation. And I purposely make the image too soft to be able to read it. 
because mm-hmm. they opened that article by saying that I saw Star Wars Episode One four times in the first 24 hours of release, which is absolutely true, and I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> and at the end, by the fourth screening, so like within 24 hours, I was like, oh, this, I don't know if this is good. You yeah, know? I was going to say, I mean, uh, Episode One is not a horrible. great movie. Like, yeah. we can agree yeah. on that. Okay. Yeah. We can agree 100%. Excellent. It took four viewings for my inner child to, like, die a little bit and be like, you know, turns out this is bad. So you didn't end up working on Star Wars movies yet. You still have time. (laughs) You ended up working in advertising, which, as you say, in some of your work online, it consumed all of your time. Your way of, I guess, staying in a developmental growth mindset was to play TED Talks on, like, your fourth (laughs) monitor while you're working all the time. How did you end up in advertising and like how did the TED Talks make a permanent station on your desk? I ended up in advertising basically because I needed to stay in New York um, Mm -hmm. because I'm very close with my family and there was a lot of stuff happening with my family that I wanted to be here for. I didn't uh, want to not be around. Um, Mm -hmm. And so New York made it very easy for me to stay close, uh, to be able to go visit my family in New Jersey. If you were a computer, you know, visual effects guy, animation guy, whatever, um, you, New York is advertising and everything movies was in California. That's why I stayed. And so I basically, by default, had to work in advertising because advertising was where all the jobs were at here. I was never creatively satisfied maybe after the first year or two like the first two years are kind of fun a little bit because you're like hey that thing i did is like on tv hey i worked you know there's like yeah you're watching a football game and then like uh, it cuts the commercial and it's like hey that flying phone i did that you know (laughs) but when you're you're on your like 30th flying phone you're like uh i don't know that's not fun i just always had ideas and i wanted to like make them whether whatever they were it literally run the gamut and so i was always very proactive in my time outside of whatever I needed to do, quote unquote. And so like after college, I, I developed a couple of pitch bibles for these animated sh- series. And I kind of put together a team of former art students like myself. And, and we, we, we did some stuff there that didn't go anywhere. What ended up happening was I, I, I decided I got it into my head that I wanted to direct a music video. Um, mm-hmm. And I had an idea for how to do it. And this band found me on MySpace. Yes, MySpace. <laughs> and and they saw my animated short which was my senior thesis in college that kind of played the film festival circuit a little bit and they were like hey how much would it cost for you to make us a music video like this and i said i'll tell you what you don't have to pay me (laughs) but i get to pick the song i get to do whatever i want and i don't know how long it'll take me (laughs) (laughs) that's a great negotiation i love that (laughs) (laughs) yeah and they were like yeah okay and so for the next 14 months in my whenever I had any pocket of time that wasn't family or work which was not a lot sometimes I would wouldn't even get to work on it for like a month I worked on this music video where I basically it was made up of like 45,000 photographs that I took you know on set with a basically a, a model moving in slow motion with this like puppet that I had designed and made and and so at the time, before Reddit, um, the front page of the internet was dig.com. Yes, so dig. I premiered the video. It got staff picked by Vimeo, and Wired wrote about it. And it, it, it did super well. It got millions of views, and I'm like, okay, that was kind of the impetus to like think about what is my exit strategy to work 
on my own ideas and le try to leave my advertising job. And I had always, throughout that time, since 2008, been watching TED Talks on my third monitor because I think like most people probably landed on TED Talks. You know, somebody shared one, you saw it, and you're like, whoa, that's cool. You know, you go into the rabbit hole. There was way less video content in 2008, 2009, 2010. And so it was my obsession. I was like, I want to watch all of them. There was this one particular TED Talk, The Power of Time Off, that seems to really struck a chord with you according to your your medium piece and hearing about how you were you know balancing making this music video on top of family and a very full workload it really seems to make sense but what's so incredible to me is that you seem to really take this idea to heart and you plan to take this full year off and like sort of started financially planning for it etc right uh, yeah that thing changed my life like instantly like mo most things in life like just kind of happen gradually like mm -hmm. that was an instant like whoa uh, i mean i was definitely already at a breaking point mm -hmm. with just like my life my 20s were just you know sitting in front of a computer working on stuff that i wasn't <laughs> passionate about. um which is fine because i'm actually super grateful in retrospect because i think mm -hmm. if it would have not been that that way then I would have been way older when I finally had my breaking point, and mm -hmm. I probably would have yeah. felt like it was too late for me to do anything about it. And so I'm kind of grateful that, you know, I just I just had, like, five, like, really stressful, like, years or whatever that I, I kind of feel like I didn't get to do anything beyond, you know, sit, you know work for some company and stuff. Um, the specific thing that struck a chord with me, the crux of the talk is the formula he comes up with is we spent roughly the first 20 to 25 years of our lives educating ourselves. And then we work for about 40 years in theory, all this is like, you know, generalizing. Um, and then at 70 or 65, we retire. A lot of what people kind of base their life around is saving up money so that you can finally do all those things you always wanted to do when you retire. I remember absolutely connecting with the fact that like, you know, you're really super assuming that you're going to be in a certain place in your life, like health-wise particularly, mm. that you will get to enjoy those retirement years. And my dad, one, again, one of the reasons I stay, I don't stray too far from New York, is that my dad uh, has had diabetes now for like 30, 40 years. Mm. Um, he was going through dialysis for a long time, and I would like take him to dialysis. And say, in the many years he had dialysis before he had a kidney transplant, um, he couldn't stray any farther than like two days because he had to go back to the dialysis machine within two days. And so I saw firsthand that like, you know, my mom and dad were like, oh, once Caesar's off to college, like then we can finally enjoy our lives, you know, or mm -hmm. whatever, you know, that didn't come to pass. So that, you know, they, you know, they, they, they were very limited in many respects. Um, and so that really struck a chord with me when I saw that in the, in, in the TED talk. Um, mm -hmm. And what he said was, a, I'm going to basically shut down my studio once every seven years. Basically, I'm going to retire five years later, but I'm going to sprinkle one year of retirement every seven years through my working years. Hmm. Um, and I'm like, whoa, okay. <laughs> at that point, I had just reached about five years since I started working in advertising. I was thinking this whole time, I need to have it like something else ready and waiting for me before I can quit my job. That's what I thought this, you know, I thought I can't quit until I know what I'm going to do. And what I realized was like all my headspace for the majority of my headspace is being given to this job. What he kind of helped me understand is I'm not going to probably figure out what I'm going to do next until like just give myself the space 
remove right. all that out of my brain to like actually let it simmer in there. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the mission changed from I have to figure out what I'm going to do instead. Like, am I going to go back to school, get my master's? Like, well, what is it? I'm going to go back in debt or whatever. But then the mission became clear, which was just make time to figure that out. And so literally, as soon as the TED Talk ended, I grabbed the sheet of paper, I grabbed my pen, and I started writing down all my like hard expenses, like my rent, you know, whatever it is that I absolutely needed to survive in New York City for a year. Then I, I looked at that. I kind of looked at, you know, how much time, whatever. And so immediately from there, I went upstairs to accounting. I had just opened up a, a savings account. And I was like, here's a routing number. Here's an account number. Half my paycheck go into that account. And I was like, I'm not going to touch that account for two years. But that helped also because now I had a finish line. Like I, it wasn't like, oh man, this is going to be my life forever. Like I was mm -hmm. like, this is going to be my life for the next two years. And then I'm going to take a year off. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And that was exactly matched up with like Stefan Sackmeister's every seven years. And so at that point I was going to be seven years in and hopefully I had enough money in the bank getting out of that to, to just figure it out. Okay. Now I have a year. Let's figure it out. I love that so much because you had something to work towards and you didn't have mm -hmm. to know what would happen once you reached that, that was going to give you the space to do that. I think that's such an incredible distinction. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Thursday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.
Hey guys, it's Ray from the Bobby Bone Show here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Let's go! Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the hills to the trails all over. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating, up to eight passengers, yeah. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out amazing national sales event deals on RAV4s, Highlanders, and more. Visit buyatoyota.com. That's buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. It seems like while you were financially planning to take this year off, some part of you that, you know, Doogie Hauser loving record keeper in you was like, I'm going to have this awesome year. I've got to have some way to document it. Like, was that the thought process that eventually led you to the birth of one second every day? Yeah, that's exactly right. So I'm going to say three to four months before I was going to quit and I, I, I gave my job, you know, like literally like six months heads up. I was like, on my 30th birthday, I'm out. Um, <laughs> That's <laughs> um, awesome. And so they knew, everybody knew. And what kept coming back over and over again was, man, every single time for the past 20 years that I've tried to keep a diary, I <laughs> only did it for a, a very short amount of time before I stopped. And I thought, well, I need to fix that. I need, like, I can't turn 40 one day and only mildly remember my year off because this might be the only one I get. So I thought, I'm not going to try writing again because I, I know that's just not my medium. But video <laughs> is my medium. And suddenly I had an iPhone 4 in my pocket. Um, yes, and, iPhone 4. <laughs> iPhone 4. <laughs> and, and it could finally shoot video or, or like good HD video. It was like, mm-hmm. it was like, a, like a thing. And, it just dawned on me that like, wow, all right, like, so like, I'm going to do it with video. But at the same time, the last vacation that I took before I quit my job was to Ireland. Anytime I went on a trip prior to that trip, I was someone who packed a tripod, three cameras, multiple lenses, you know, memory cards, you know, like I <laughs> over document everything. But it was during a sunset happening near the Cliffs of Moore where I was there trying to take a photo of the sunset. And I was I spent like 10, 15 minutes trying to like figure it out or try to take a good photo. And everything came out just terrible. And I'm like, ah, meanwhile, my my buddy who uh, went on the on the trip with me, he's just sitting there enjoying the sunset. And and in that moment, I just I just went to myself, like, why am I doing this? You know, like, is this for Facebook likes? Like, is this what is this for? And that was it. Like that moment was like, I don't need all this. Like, I'd just rather enjoy the moment. And thinking about that in combination with, okay, I want to record my year with video instead of with words. Mm-hmm. What is the minimal amount that I need to get the maximum effect? Being an animation, I knew a second was actually like a pretty good amount of time. Yeah, it's so interesting that from animation, you knew that. Because at the outset, yeah, it seems like a blink of an eye. Very long. One, one thing we get all the time, we'll get people who say, Hey, how come you guys are making the seconds longer? And we're like, like, uh, nope. Like, just as they start watching it, like, 
it seems to slow down for them, you know? Like, it doesn't wow. seem that, sh that short anymore. Even when I was thinking, maybe it's two seconds per day. Like, that's a 12-minute video per year. And the whole idea was, I need to make this as short as I can without it being just complete nonsense. Because the shorter it is, the more likely I am to be able to revisit it in the future. Mm -hmm. If it's like a 30-minute mm -hmm. video per year, how often am I going to have the time to, especially in today's time, like, you know, like attention spans, to like mm -hmm. sit down and watch a 30-minute video per year? And then I would crunch the math of what that meant over, you know, the rest of my life or something. It's like, oh, my God, this is crazy. I'll, I'll never be able to pull this off. So, yeah, so that's how One Second Every Day came about. I thought, what's the minimal amount I need that gives me enough information to never forget a day of my life ever again? So what's so interesting about this is that, one, for someone who is so tactile in your memory hoarding, that you've created this digital memory hoarding app. I find that very interesting. It doesn't, I can totally see the the appeal of this. I just downloaded it while we were talking. I can't wait to try it. And yet it's not the same as a box full of tickets. So I find that very interesting. And, and do you miss the tactileness of photos or of things to touch as you're having these memories? Like on a conceptual high level, like it's at the end of the day, it's a memory, like, Basically, I like memory triggers, something that just brings me back to a moment or something that's like, oh, yeah. And our memories essentially work through our senses. So the great thing about One Second Every Day is that like a, a photograph is great, but a photograph doesn't have audio. So having a photo of my dad laughing is cool. But like <laughs> listening to my dad laughing is like everything because my dad Aww. does not laugh a lot. Like so. <laughs> If I could get a, a second of him laughing, it's like it means everything to me. Like it's just that that the sound brings me more joy than the visual. Uh, again, as an animator, you know, if I'm going to look at a at an image for a second, then I want it to move. I, the, the, there's so much we lose in motion. There's so much that cannot be captured in a photograph that you need to see the movement of to mm -hmm. really really bring you back to to something specific. You know. Caesar, speaking about memory triggers, this is a bit of a sidebar question, but I'd imagine it's one that you might hear a lot, which is, how do you decide what second to capture of each day? How do you like point and go, or do you even let yourself decide? You just kind of let it happen organically? Because I could imagine being like, okay, I must capture the second of this mm -hmm. day. You know, I could see myself maybe doing that. What is the antidote to that? How do you approach it? And follow up. Do you get to choose a different second if you have a better moment later on or <laughs> if you've already recorded your second for the day? So so the first part of that question is probably top three question I've, I've gotten for the past seven years. <laughs> um, it's very common. Um, and I, I think it, it stems a little bit from the second uh, question, which is mm. I, we, I find with our a lot of our users, uh, early users specifically, used to have this anxiety about what is the moment. Right, um, <laughs> right. Everybody seems to have their own journey with that. I, my journey with that was that I was that I thought about it. I gave it a lot of thought when I first started, but once I started watching the videos, the thing about watching, like say, six months of your life play back in three minutes, is that because it's playing back chronologically remembering the in-betweens of the moments is actually pretty easy. And so I realized early on, or at least, you know, pseudo early on, that it doesn't actually have to be the moment for me to remember the moment I want to remember. And so I started putting a lot less pressure on making sure I, quote unquote, got the moment. Like, essentially, it just needs to be unique. Obviously, mm -hmm. it's like I've ever recorded my morning coffee. 
that'll be really difficult to understand. Like, how is that different from like any other morning coffee, right? Like, it's just, there's nothing unique about it. There is a moment in the first year of the project that, you know, shows up in my TED talk and stuff where I record the side of a wall. And so anyone looking at that video would think, well, that's the most boring second of this entire six minute video of this entire first year. Like th that must be the worst day of his life. Well, that must be the most boring mm -hmm. day of that day, <laughs> of, that, of that year. Um, but actually, as the case is, it's the most important moment of that entire year. So I had just finished a conversation with a loved one that was like extraordinarily difficult and powerful, and I was in tears. And when that conversation, and I'm obviously okay, quote unquote, that's quote unquote the moment. I'm not mm -hmm. going to say, hey. Pause. I'm going to record a <laughs> video of this. Right. Like, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, the whole idea of this is to like live my life and let like live the moment and like, like just give myself enough of a trigger to like remember it by without without spending the whole time like trying to chronicle everything. You know, it's just like right. the very bare minimum that I want to give myself. Um, and so I walked out of that when that conversation ended organically, and I just left the room. I recorded a little piece of that that wall because I knew that I would remember what that was. No one else knows what that means except me, right? So I call it a secret code, essentially. Like, my one-second everyday video is filled with quote-unquote secret codes that only I would ever understand the true meaning behind. Another kind of brief example is that there are a lot of beautiful <laughs> videos throughout my, you know, the years of One Second Every Day that I've been doing it that are horrible days of my life. And I'm like, mm. like you watch it, it's like, oh, pretty sunset with a birdie or something. And it's like, no, I remember what that day was. And that I, was a breakup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Right. Yeah. So you you mentioned your TED Talk. That was the other thing I wanted to bring up. You know, One Second Every Day was effectively inspired by a TED Talk. And then your own TED Talk played a large role in spreading this idea. How did you get to the TED stage? I love this story. It's so much fun. In 2011, if you liked something on Facebook, Facebook would show you anything that company or page posted. Um, before they were like, okay, if you want all those million people who liked your page to see this, you got to pay us, right? Yes. And so one of the things that I had liked on Facebook was obviously TED. And mm -hmm. that's usually how I found out about the TED Talk of the day. Um, <laughs> they posted that they were having the first ever TED auditions. And I thought, man, like, what an opportunity for somebody out there who has an idea worth spreading. <laughs> um, I clicked on it, I read it, and I'm like, wow, man, if only, like, if someday, you know, someday I hope I have something. And I didn't think about it, again, except for, for, for a couple of days, except the, the, the browser link on my Chrome or, or whatever I was using at the time was just always there as a tab. Like, I could see Tad Auditions there. It would just look at me. So it just kind of stayed in my head a little bit. And then when I was basically right before the deadline, and it was on my dad's birthday where I was recording my second of the day. And I thought, hey, maybe this is an idea worth spreading. <laughs> <laughs> this is having such a positive impact on my life. And maybe it can do that for others. And I'm going, I can explain why it's having a positive impact for me. And so I went home and I recorded me explaining it. And I showed the first 30 seconds. And so it was all this like 60 second video that I uploaded to like YouTube or whatever with like literally like there was one minute left in the deadline and I was mm -hmm. still waiting for the upload to finish. And I'm like, ah, give me the link. Oh my gosh. Uh, I, I got it in there. My laptop 
clocks at 11.59. Two weeks later, or roughly, maybe it might have been less, I got an email saying, hey, you know, out of like a thousand people, we chose 17 of you guys to give us short, a uh, short version of your talks, three to six minutes long at an event in New York City. Uh, I live here, so I just, you know, subwayed in. But basically everybody else came from all over the world and flew in and they held like an event for people who could have the tent conference. It was like about 100, 150 people, uh, really nice venue. And everybody went up there. And the and like, I remember Reggie Watts was one of the auditioners. And, and we, the other 16 of us were like, just give him a TED talk. He's amazing. Why are you, why is he auditioning? And then of course he killed it. And everybody was like, Oh, all right. Well, like Reggie Watts won. Um, and that was it, but it was fun. We gave, we all gave, shared our idea. And then two weeks after that, they turned out, they picked four people, including Reggie Watts to speak at the main TED conference at TED 2012, um, in Long Beach, uh, California. And that was, you know, still eight, nine months away from when we auditioned. So we had a super heads up, which sounds cool, except you just end up stressing out for nine months straight. Oh yeah. (laughs) That's no fun at all. I got six weeks heads up that I was doing one and that was perfect. Oh, yeah, that's the that's the perfect win. <laughs> Before we continue our conversation, let's take a second to give a shout out to one of our awesome sponsors. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Thursday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. 
Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. With the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. With new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. You're listening to The Limit Does Not Exist with Christina Wallace and Kate Scott Campbell. Caesar, flash forward, you give this TED Talk, it ends up really striking a chord and really leads to you, you know, founding this app, this company, having a very successful Kickstarter campaign um, to help you in doing that. And we will definitely link to your Medium article uh, in our show notes so that readers can really kind of follow along the steps through that part of your journey. But we are very interested in sort of this idea of titles on our show, you know, what do we call ourselves? And we were really struck by how on your website and on LinkedIn, you describe yourself as a creative human person, which I love so (laughs) much. And additionally, you know, what's so striking about this particular project of yours, and it sounds like in all of what you do, you're really merging your passions of being a director, a producer, an animator, an educator. There's such a strong mission to what you do. So is creative human person the most accurate way to describe you and what you do? Yeah, I struggle with that a lot. It's maybe the closest thing that I've been able to gravitate towards just because one of my strongest suits, I think, is just that I'm just, I'm constantly coming up with ideas. Like, I, I can't, it's frustrating. Like, I'm just jotting things down all the time. I mm. Once, like, every day is an idea, and I'm seeing it through until I'm, like, I feel like I finished it, which we have a long way to go for me to think that. But at a base level, A, I find creativity in general to be kind of, like, fi- finding creative solutions to anything whether they're math problems or art problems, uh, to be just an all-encompassing thing that I'm passionate about. Um, mm-hmm. And then the human person part is me trying to say I don't take myself too seriously. <laughs> yeah. um, it's kind of, that's kind of how that happens, I think. I was just like, I don't want to sound all like, like, ah, look at me. I just want to be like, yeah, I'm just a guy. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I love that. When you think about, you know, your continued evolution at one second every day and and as a creative human person, do you really feel like the ideas are what lead you? You know, it's it's like uh, thinking back and even to my days in advertising, right? Like I clearly during that span of time, either I was working on side projects or I was like frustrated that I wasn't working on these ideas that I had. It's just where my North Star is all the time. You know, I'm just, uh, if I'm not heading in that direction, I'm, I'm just like a little bit frustrated. And uh, there's so many things I want to do. And it, I've made my peace with the fact that I'm not going to be able to do with, I'm not going to be able to do all of them. But if I can at least do the ones that I'm most passionate about, then I'll, I can I can sleep at night. Mm-hmm. Or at least try, die trying. I've, 
There's a lot of things <laughs> I've started that didn't go anywhere, and it's it's okay. So, <laughs> I love that. Well, unbelievably, uh, we are at the point in the episode where it's time to turn our sights to the lightning round. We're just going to ask you a handful of very quick questions, and your job is to just respond with the first answer that comes into your mind, and we will do our part to not ask you follow-up questions. So it's very quick and dirty. It's challenging for us because we are inevitably going to want to know so much more, but we will just let the answers live on their own. (laughs) Okay, pressure's on. I've always wanted to do one of these. This is my time. Question one, what are you reading right now? Oh, uh, American Kingpin, which is the the story of the guy who created the Silk Road. Ooh, nice. Um, I can't stop. I'm addicted. I'm I'm so, I'm a chapter fifty. I'm like I can't stop turning the page right now. <laughs> Amazing! You're doing so great already. Question number two: favorite Star Wars movie, and you can include an anthology film if you would like. Oh, that is not <laughs> a fair question. I, <laughs> I, I hold the original three Star Wars movies as like just a category in their own. Like I would never put them in a top anything list or just like a thing that I'm way, just way too connected to. Uh, I would say that anything beyond those first three movies, uh, Rogue One really, like I cried twice during Rogue One. I have tons of reasons why that is the case that are very personal. But yes, that's my answer. That's a great answer. That is a good one. Uh, question three. What is something else in your personal human Venn diagram that maybe the people who only know you professionally might not know about you? Oh, boy. So many. Okay. Um, uh, the two things that pop to my head are that I uh, volunteer or attend immersive uh, immersive experiences. So I volunteer, for example, with an organization called Barbecue Films where we recreate in real, like, uh, our favorite uh, scenes from movies in real life. So, for example, like, uh, you know, two years ago at Comic-Con, we, we, ha- we were the official after-party of Comic-Con, and we recreated the opening of Blade, where they're in a club, and there's, like, there's, like, blood falling on everyone. Like, all the vampires <laughs> are dancing to techno while there's, like, blood raining down. We, we literally had fake blood rain down on the entire dance floor. <gasps> uh, like, a thousand people. It was amazing. Um... So uh, there's that. I, I competed uh, in an underground water gun assassination tournament. <gasps> that's essentially like a month-long game of assassin against strangers um, with water guns uh, every uh, in the summers. Uh, I, I yeah, that I I have way too many interests. Uh, that, wow. that I'm like weird about. I have so many follow-up questions that I am. <laughs> going to swallow kate over to you i just want to give so many gold stars to both of those that you mentioned. i know i, know. I think <laughs> for originality points you are in a very strong lead not that yeah. there's any competition to this lightning round at all <laughs> okay next question what's a technology that scares and or excites you take your pick technology uh, uh, uh crisper uh, because mm. uh, editing DNA is both the worst and best thing I can possibly imagine right now. <laughs> you, you are rocking this lightning round. Last question. Bring it yes. home. Give a shout out for a woman doing awesome things in the app world or the tech world at large. Maybe someone who's just a little bit under the radar and could use a bit of visibility. Uh, I was um, just hanging out with my friend, uh, Sofia Dominguez. She is the CEO of a company called Surf. Uh, 
and it is a search engine for immersive content. Um, and uh, she is currently um, uh, doing her fundraising, and she's basically like going from meeting to meeting and building uh, this uh, company uh, from scratch. And uh, uh, she is doing such an incredible job, and she's being really hard on herself because of all sorts of perfectionist reasons. She's, uh, she's like, I'm not doing enough meetings and I'm not like talking to enough of them. And it's like, you're doing amazing. Everybody would be like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And she, she's just an extraordinary. Um, I'm like at awe with everything she's accomplishing on a, on a day-to-day basis. And uh, I think, uh, you know, we're, we're, st- we're still early into this whole VR and AR and MR stuff. Um, and, <laughs> What she's built so far for actually being able to make some of that stuff findable is is amazing. That's awesome. Well, Caesar, it has been so much fun to talk with you on the show today. Thank you so much for sharing insight into your journey, your continuing journey with us. Uh, We can't wait to continue to see what you're up to. And uh, I really can't wait to capture a second of all of my days. I'm so excited. I'm going to start tomorrow. (laughs) Yes. Just have the reminders on and whatever's in front of you, when you get the reminder, record that. You'll build a habit within like 40 days. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Caesar. Yeah, my pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, 
eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 